Hello and welcome to Pick That One Out, a weekly podcast trying to pick out the fun left in football. My name is Jack Murphy. I've still not had a haircut since the start of lockdown. It's getting really, really bad. I'm joined by my co-host, Will Varney. Will, it feels like ages since last week. It feels like Tuchel's been in the Chelsea job for months now. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's been a very long week. Uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for listening into episode two, if you did. Jack, it's pleasure to be back. And I think all good things come in threes. Mm. So uh, hopefully we've got an absolute thrill on our hands. I like what you said about the haircut. I didn't mm. really want to say anything. I didn't want to say a knife in your back. But uh, no, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, we say it every week now. Uh, yeah, I've got a real long mop on me myself, which I would love to trust somebody in my house to really get the sort of the garden shears out. But I, it's always a risk. It's always a risk. Yeah. And I got my dad in the first lockdown to really go all out. And I mean, I've never seen somebody so excited in all my life to be offered to cut my hair. It was almost like he'd been offered like a, a Jubilee medal. Mm. But um, no, uh, very uh, happy to get this episode underway. And yes, it's been an emotional week like it was last week uh, with Tuchel uh, now in the job. No Frank, uh, Frank the Tank at the helm. But um, I have to say, you know, two performances, which we'll get into in a bit. But uh, of course. I have to say, not feeling too bad. Fair play, fair play. Um I mean, last week there was only, there was one main talking point uh, in in our football podcast, and that was whatever happened with your Maltesers hot chocolate. It was something I've never seen before in my entire life. Uh, you've said the Breakfast Club was returning. Are we? Should we get us underway? Start mm. early. Well, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, we had some great reaction to Breakfast mm. Club the opener last week. I was very surprised. I had people coming up to me going, "What were you?" I had people at work coming up to me going. Basic error, no hot water in it, just go milk. And somebody actually, um, a friend of mine, Jess, actually made me a special hot chocolate. She wouldn't tell me the recipe, made mm. it at work. And I have to say, that was incredible. Really did put the Maltese to shame. But yes, Breakfast Club, it's back. Week two. And uh, I thought I've tried something today, which um, I couldn't mess up. I couldn't actually do I would have thought that last to. week, uh, the hot this... chocolate, but okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, too technical. you can't trust it. That was I, the, this, it that was was the technical. technical. I, this week we've got the showstopper. <laughs> yes, this is the showstopper, which I have had nothing to do other than go into the co-op and buy it. Other stores are available for this. But I have today gone for, in memory, uh, oh, she's actually still alive. Yeah. Um, it is a, uh, a broadcaster, host of the TalkSport breakfast show. I've served her breakfast many times before, so it's only suitable that on the breakfast club I honour her. It is Laura Woods, oh. and I've gone with today an exotic fruit salad. Um, okay. I have to say, this is a and do you know what? When I was picking this out with 20 minutes before we recorded, Jack, clearly I thought this through in advance. I looked at it and I have to say I was very impressed with the selection of pineapple, mm. melon, mm. mango and kiwi. For me, I just cool, thought okay. there's a lot in there, a lot to get through. And I think this could really pick me up throughout the show because there's such a wide varying uh, selection. So I'm going to get stuck into I'll the let you get stuck into that. I think so. uh, I'm glad to hear that Whoa, Laura Woods is... It's oh. a big chunk. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> chunk, a I have to chunk. say. Whoa, for the YouTube. Wow. For the YouTube. You won't the see it if listening to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but Wow. A massive cut this in half. A massive Ridiculous. chunk of pineapple. Some real premium stuff. We're going to say uh, glad to get uh, Laura Woods' name on on the rankings. Clinton Morrison last week obviously let us down with his uh, hot chocolate. But uh, Laura Woods, big fan. Uh, whenever she does the the football, big fan when she does the dance as well. I'm a huge fan of the dance. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, especially Sky's uh, production of it, and she does a great job on that as well. So let's see if she has a good choice in breakfast. How's that fruit salad going? Well, I have to say, double of points. Probably shouldn't before this have brushed my teeth. Okay, I mean, you're as just it, a... the combination, the combination of pineapple and Colgate toothpaste has not really mixed well. As, but as, as the man that came up with this entire segment, you're a comedy of errors. Yeah, I, I haven't thought this through, have I? We're at week two. You would have thought we'd have sorted out this error in advance. But I have to say, it's a soft bit of pineapple. I'm just a bit wary. I don't want this to become like a... You know those videos where it's like AMSR? Like, ASMR. And, uh, it's like ASMR. People, yeah. What is it? ASMR. AMSR. That's probably something different. Well, yeah, that's probably something we shouldn't go into on a football-based podcast. But... I, I don't want it to become one of those podcasts. That's not mm. really what we're about. So I'm going to be wary of how much I eat and when I time it throughout the podcast. But first piece of fruit out of the four exotics done, my pineapple was actually all right. So we're off to a winner, Jack. We're off to a good start. Looks like no qualms with the uh, portions. It was a massive bit of pineapple. I have to oh. see the other, the other melon and, uh, and whatnot. I could be eating this into 2022, Jack. I have to say, there's a lot of fruit in here. So we're going to... Goodness lot of, me, we're in for well, a thriller. Well, there was a lot of fruit in the fruit stand. There was a lot of football in the week. Uh, there's, there's a lot to deal with. A lot uh, of football. Of the weekend and now. in midweek. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, to comprehend. Uh, the Probably the biggest one that we saw pre, pre-week, pre uh, the one that we were looking up to the most maybe was Arsenal Man United, which of course uh, means it was the worst game uh, of the week. A uh, nil-nil yes. at the Emirates. Um, both teams had some half-decent chances Arsenal without uh, Kieran Tierney, Bukayo Saka, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, personally, as an Arsenal th- fan, I believe we could have won it if we if we had the full-strength team out. I'll take the point. Uh, it's not often mm. we go a season without losing to United. So to, to take four points out of six against them, uh, I'll take it. But um, United now, I mean, in the same week, they lost to Sheffield United at home at Old Trafford. Uh, one point in their last two. Last week, we were talking about them being title contenders. Have they already slipped off that? Um, I mean, it's it's hard to say, but I have to say, with that Arsenal game, I really did think to myself, Arsenal had a real chance of winning that, especially in that second half. United looked second best at times. Um, and I've, yeah, I, I, they're such a strange team, aren't they? It's almost like whenever you think, uh, whenever you think they're on a downward spiral, they then pick it up, and people are saying, "Why they could be title challengers?" And then like it, it just was writ- It must have been written in the stars, wouldn't it? Bottom side, Sheffield United going to Old Trafford, winning two one, getting that victory, putting Oli. Just and I think that's the thing. They're such a they're such a strange side, Man United. And at times they play like you're almost thinking, are they actually worthy winners compared to say like City or Liverpool? Could you see them win the league? I thought at a point in the season, like I think I've thought with every team, they could win it at some point because it's just been such a bizarre season so far. But for me, I just think they rely so heavily on Bruno Fernandes. It's it's ridiculous. And if he's not at it, they're not at it in in, in total. So for me, but I, I found this really interesting point, Jack. I don't know if you saw this. I found it so funny from the Arsenal game. Over in Norway, you obviously signed oh, yeah. the new star boy, <laughs> Martin Odegaard. And um, for me, I saw this on the TV coverage. Um, it was like the viewers were voting for their man of the match. Martin Odegaard was the second highest voted yeah. with 44%. That was before he was subbed on. It was half time. I mean, that, yeah. it reminded me of like the Brit Awards. You know when it'd be like, let's vote <laughs> for video of the year and you just know One Direction's going to yeah. win it. Like all, everyone's going to come out 
and vote for them. I, I found that so amusing. I think it was like Bruno Fernandes, Martin Ogard, and then Edinson Cavani. Brilliant from that. And and what made it funny, what made it funny is that of those three, Martin Ogard probably had the best first half. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Bruno, <laughs> Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes wasn't really on his game, uh, hasn't been for no. a, a week or two now. Jack Grealish kind of coming back into the ranks for player of the season for what? me now, as we were talking about uh, the yeah, other week. Yeah. Um, Edison Cavani, two great chances. One was nearly an open net, really great def- last ditch defending. But Cavani really should have scored uh, in one of them, especially for such a clinical striker. They did, but we did as well, just... and we had it fall to Willian. Uh, man, that's a sin in itself. You would, of all people in that, position, anyone on the pitch, you would want it to be him, wouldn't you? You know, he's that talented. I think you would want him, and he's been in such great form as well, in such great nick so far for Arsenal. It's almost I've, like you can't understand why, for many years as a Chelsea fan, I was so hurt seeing him start every week. I've never seen a one-on-one uh, from such a decent angle that I was so uh, unconfident <laughs> going to go in. Um, yeah, it was, it was like it's, eight yards out, decent angle, but he stalls. He stalls, he stalls, and Wan-Bissaka gets in. He doesn't even get the shot on target in the end, which is a shame. But, but do you know what? I don't... I don't understand because for many years as a Chelsea fan, I remember when he signed, I bought a Willian shirt. Now you would be unable to find that shirt oh. because I've hidden it away just because... Do you still own it, it though? It, I think it's at home. I think it's uh, hidden in a drawer somewhere, just tucked away for you know a rainy car boot sale in okay. 25 years' time. Or it might go retro. Maybe somebody wants a 2013-14 Willian away shirt. Maybe that's... When, you know, when he, he when he good money. <laughs> when he has his career renaissance second half of the yeah. season, people will think, "Wow, I want I want I want the retro Willian shirt as a board." Do you know what I find so crazy? What I find unbelievable is that for so many years as a Chelsea fan, I saw how bad he was for us, and he got away with so much. He had a season where he scored about five free kicks, and everyone was like, "Whoa, it's Gaka re- reignited." It wasn't. It it was Willian. In a poor Chelsea team, scoring set pieces. I and was it the. Many, it was the season he's where got you got no like, end product. You see it. Yeah, it was the season where you were like bottom half for a lot of the first half of the season. Yeah, it was and when Mourinho got and, sacked. Yeah, and it was like William was playing to his same level, and then everyone else yes. had just dropped completely. Everyone else had just exactly that. I couldn't have put it better myself. William was still at his level. Everybody else had just like capitulated and was just way down at the bottom. But well, I, him, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to rag on Willian. All I mean, we could come back to him later on. Uh, we he, could do wink, a Willian podcast. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Later on, he could come. <laughs> he could come back up in this podcast. So let's look. Well, we, we've we've uh, looked at Arsenal United. We've looked at United in general. They had not a great week. Someone who did have a good week, Liverpool, looked back at, at it even with all the injury problems. Two great three-one wins against. Teams high up in the table, two top six mm. teams, I believe, at the start of the week. West Ham and Tottenham. The the Tottenham game especially, they were so good and and so controlling over over a Tottenham team that was probably the best uh, chance Tottenham had at, at beating Liverpool in, in some time. And then West Ham. Uh, when you thought, okay, Liverpool normally do over West Ham, but West Ham they've been looking good recently. They could do something. And then Liverpool just come out and score three fantastic goals. Mo Salah really getting himself back on form after that little uh, drought period. A man like him can go over that drought period and still be three goals clear of the Golden Boot race. It's it's absolutely yeah. incredible the standard he's playing at. Um, so now we have to we have to cast Liverpool right back in the title race as well. 
I, I never took them out of it. No. I never took them out of it because of just the quality that you see they have. And if a team is winning at West Ham, who, like we say, have been in great form, West Ham didn't really look up for it. And I, I saw this, it was really interesting at the start of the game. David Moyes did a pre-match interview. I don't know if you saw it. And he was basically saying, you know, the interview was going, you know, this is a great opportunity for, you know, your team against a weakened Liverpool side. They were playing Divock Origi up top. No Mane in the squad. Nat Phillips at centre-half. It was like their 12th centre-half partnership of the season. And they're going, this is a great opportunity for you, isn't it, David, to really pick up some, you know, pick up a big victory against Liverpool. And he was going, you know, we can't be compared to them. It was almost like he sounded like they'd lost before the game. And... I think they took that into the match because they just, at times, they looked just miles off what they had in previous weeks. They looked sloppy on the ball, looked tired. And I, I have to say, I actually turned off the game in the first half. I watched the first half and then I turned it off and clearly I jinxed it because then, obviously, we have four goals in the second. So, clearly, it was thanks to my luck. <laughs> but for me, it was... It, it was um, it was dis- it was disappointing from a West Ham perspective, but like but talking from a Liverpool, you know, when you've got a player of such immense quality like Mo Salah, you know he's going to deliver. And like you said there, he's top of the Golden Boot. Even though people are saying he's not up to the same standards he has been, that says a lot about mm. a player. I can't believe we ever let him go from Chelsea. That still pains me to this day, you know. And for me, he's such a talent. But like, if Liverpool can grind out victories without their full strength squad. That says a lot about them, and you you think if you can you know Mane back especially from this um, this little injury, Firmino back uh, you know he Firmino scores in against um, Spurs that would be huge hmm. because he's looked off the pace this season. He hasn't he's had question marks about him and whether Liverpool should have signed a striker. They should have signed Timo Werner. I know what to say for that one. <laughs> Don't worry about that. So I mean personally, I think they're looking really good, and also you know Trent in that Spurs game. Huge for him. There's been so many question marks about Trent this season and whether, you know, who has he still got that right back spot for England? Is it Reese James? Is it, you know, is it somebody else challenging? You is it one of the other James 13 Justin England right backs? Season. Is one of the other 13 English right backs could come in? And... I mean, well, don't forget now that Thomas Tuchel thinks we could actually give <laughs> England another one. So let's put Hudson Adoy at right wing back. But for me, no, they look really good. And I, I, I've always thought that it was between them and City. But I always thought they would come out on top. And if they're grinding out victories without a full-strength squad, I can't look past them at the moment, personally. I'm I'm still on City. I've been on City all season. Um, even, I mean, it was ropey during that that, that start a bit of the season. They were really off it. But, I mean, they look yeah. so solid. Well, do you remember at that start of the season, Jack? Everybody everybody went. They had about two, they had about two defeats. And everyone went, they're out of it. Yeah. They're done. They're off the pace. And then all of a sudden, you look back. It's happened all season with every team. It's unbelievable isn't it it's crazy yeah I, I I don't know when they next concede a goal I think they've got Burnley next I I, I mean that's I mean that's a what a 1-0 a 2-0 pretty yeah, standard yeah, stuff yeah. Um, thank god that one's not in the predictions <laughs> then but then <laughs> although mind you after that then it's it's Liverpool at the weekend and that's such a massive one in the in the in the title race but then Tottenham yeah. after that I don't think Tottenham go near them. I mean, we, uh, uh, we'll talk about Tottenham in a second. You mentioned Timo mm. Werner and his bad form. Thomas Tuchel has yeah. come in at Chelsea and within a week of being in, he's already been in the dugout for two games, uh, 0-0 against Wolves and 2-0 against Burnley. I will say the Burnley mm. game looks a whole lot better than he did in the Wolves game. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, Wolves game was dire to watch at times. I just literally a, wanted to close. To 
I wanted to close the laptop screen and just put it away and just consider my life and the fact that we'd lost Frank Lampard and we'd been resorted to this. You know, at times I thought the Frank Lampard side was poor to watch, but that was just, it had the sort of cutting edge of a spoon up front. You know, couldn't do anything. It was, and I mean, I remember the, the day after when Chelsea put out that tweet. Oh, I, went, I'm so glad you've brought it up because <sighs> that's, I'm sorry, allegiances aside, that's embarrassing. To, to, I was so embarrassed. To upload so a piece of play of 16 passes in the grand scheme of stuff, in a, in a game where you have all the possessions, 16 passes isn't that much. Uh, in a move no. where... Um, to do that down the park. The majority of the passes are across the back line. Yeah, uh, side which, to side. Which ends in a shot that isn't really a good chance and, and goes high and wide. It's such it, an... an awful bit of of propaganda trying to boost the ego of the new manager it's so strange i wonder who's in charge as admin i wonder who they are i wonder whether he thought i'm gonna do this off my own back or somebody's told him and he's got please don't do this you're gonna get me so much hate please don't do it to me and they've gone no you need to do this you need to showcase our 16 passes of the 820 we made Look, at the end of the day, it was one of those where it was so side to side. It it looked void of ideas at times. And I think after the game, I was really frustrated because I thought, is this really what we've come to? As in, you know, and we have no attacking threat, but we've got such great talent on the pitch. And I thought, you know, give Tuchel to the Burnley game. Um, you know, he's got more time then for that sort of... That can be his first sort of proper game to really show his... And I was really impressed. There were mm. good signs from that Wolves game. And one of them was Callum Hudson-Odoi at right wing back. I thought he looked really good. And he looked really good against Burnley as well. You know, Eric Peters must have been thinking, shall I just go home? You know, <laughs> I'm not Robbie sure Brady if, did you see the, the same. Did you see the tweet from, I think it was Liam Toomey, the, the Chelsea reporter, saying he could hear on the sideline... Um, Sean Dyche saying... It was to Robbie Brady. Yeah, yeah. tune in, Robbie. And Robbie's going, I know where he is. I can't fucking do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no wonder after I saw that tweet, I then I then look on the game and you can see Sean Dyche on the touchline and Robbie Brady's been subbed off. I completely <laughs> missed that subbing off. So clearly Sean's gone, no, you can get off then if you have no idea on how to stop him. But nobody could. No. And I mean, when Tuchel took him off and replaced him with Reese James, they looked like they couldn't deal with Reese James either. So, I mean, for me, that was a really positive sign. Um, I think I would never have guessed Mr. Consistent, Captain... Cesar Azpilicueta to get the first goal of the Tuchel era, which made last a year. I'm, everyone keeps saying it's the Tuchel era. Yeah, may I mean, well there's, there's never really six months. There's, there's never eras at Chelsea, is there? It's the, it's no, the, there it's the Tuchel. It's the Tuchel stint at most. It's the Tuchel months in charge. <laughs> and um, um, no, I, I thought we looked really good. And I mean, when I saw the team sheet and Marcus Alonso back in it. Goodness me, what a revival. He just loves at the right time to come in. Ben Chilwell must be sat on the bench thinking, 50 million, and now I'm sat on the bench for Marcus. But he's a really good left wing back. He can't play left back because he just can't defend. Left wing back though, and he's just some incredible like world beater. It's insane to watch. I'm watching watching this game. I'm seeing um, a right winger being moved into right wing back and having a, a... Uh, renaissance of his career and I'm seeing Alonso scoring I'm seeing Aspilicueta scoring and I'm, I'm just waiting to move to the touchline I'm waiting to see Antonio Conte's face 
because uh, yeah. it, it, it really is reminiscent of that it's scene. Reminiscent, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's funny that you bring Tuchel in to get the most out of these multi-million pound signings, and the best players were um, the players that were already there: Alonso, who scored, Aspilicueta, and Hudson Odoi, who came for the youth, and Mason Mount. And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and and and. Timo still Werner still Havertz and Timo Werner, yeah, still, yeah. Havertz after after his start against Wolves already benched. Werner got a good chance against uh, Burnley, started as an attacking midfielder slash forward, then even got moved in the second half to the main striker, got mm. a chance, scuffed it. I do feel like the goal's coming, but it, you just you just do can't you know what? It's reminiscent to me. It reminds it reminds me. I don't know about you. It reminds me of when Fernando Torres joined us. Yeah, and. I know that Timo Werner has scored for us, but he's on this goal drought at the moment. But it's almost that feeling of like, at the start it was like, oh come on, it was frustration. Now I actually just feel sorry for him. Because it's like missing that penalty against Luton. You just think everything at the moment is sort of going wrong. And mm. I think that I think that chance will come. I think that goal will come, regardless of whether it's a good goal or just a tap-in. Just anything to increase that man's confidence. Because you know he's a player. Yeah. But when somebody is just, you can tell, is so down on themselves like that. And it re- yeah, it reminds me of Torres. when And then when he finally got that first goal against West Ham, it was just that, not only just the relief you could tell on the pitch from him, but all the players as well. And I think that'll be the same with Kai Havertz. When Kai Havertz finally does something, it'll be that same relief around the team of going, finally, you can really kickstart it now. But yeah, I mean, I have to say, last week I was in this position. I was very emotional. Sad times over Frank. A week changes and, you know, two clean sheets, four points. It's a positive start. Let's see if we can push for top four. That's all we got to aim for at the minute. Fair play, fair play. Someone that's um, looking to be ever so slightly falling out of the top four race, though, is, is Tottenham Hotspur. And, and they've mm-hmm. had a, a poor week themselves. Uh, we've already mentioned their game against Liverpool where they, they scored a great goal with uh, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. But um, they, that was the only real... Chance they had, they had a, an offside uh, goal chalked off. But other than that, there was no real chances for them. I think they created... I'm a big XG fan. I do look up on the XG. Not oh, you're point, a big stat man. 0.1 XG. Um, not <laughs> much on the Hoiberg goal. It wasn't an expected goal. <laughs> it wasn't very yes, high in the expected goal. Uh, yeah, it says a um, lot that. So they lost 3-1 there. Big game at Brighton. And God bless Graham Potter. He's deserved a result like this for so long. Um, dominated. Spurs. Isn't it their first home first, first home, home win? win I mean, they, they won one home game all year last year. It was against us. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was the whole Leno Mopai game. Um, oh yeah, okay, and, uh, yeah, I remember the one. Yeah, but Potter this time they've come in once again. They've played their game. They've dominated Spurs. They've absolutely dominated Spurs. I don't care if you've not got Harry Kane playing. Brighton have played them off the park, scored early. Yeah. And it's not deterred them, and they've gone on and they've controlled the game from there. One-one nil should have been two or three, um, but now it's starting to look ropey for Spurs. Next two games: Chelsea and Man City. Uh, what's what? What does this mean for for Jose and uh, and the Hotspurs? Well, this is a Spurs side where they will inevitably turn up in the big games. They will inevitably put on a show, in the, and I think the Chelsea game will be really good. And I, and I think the thing is, we, we've seen these past two games especially, Harry Kane picked up that injury and they just look void of ideas without him, don't they? You don't have that link up with Son anymore. Shows how much they rely on a striker like Harry Kane. What I can't understand is, and I think I, I, think I saw you make the point yesterday, Jack, on Twitter. Um, for somebody, for years, people have been going, if Harry Kane gets injured, 
We no need backup. a striker. We need a striker to be backup who can fit in. They've, in the past, I think they had Fernando Lorente. Yeah, he wasn't really. He, he did, he did, he he did his job when standard. needed off the bench. He, he did the job. Wasn't, but he wasn't up to that. He standard. wasn't. The, he wasn't a person you think you could rely on when Kane was injured. They needed no, to sign not. a backup striker. So they did. They signed uh, Vinicius, yeah. and Kane gets injured. Vinicius on the bench. What is going on I, with this? And it's the same. And, it, and it's pretty much the same uh, deal. Same tactics as, as when Kane was injured last season with uh, Son up top having to create a lot of it himself so I'm, I'm, I'm once again Mourinho's hypocrisy has come to bite him uh, in his own back end um, absolutely and, and I, I just I, I don't know whether Vinicius will, will start the games against Chelsea or, and City because also we have to talk about it Gareth Bale what's happening to him when 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 they signed him it seemed like such a, a massive deal like if if Tottenham yeah. could get if Tottenham could get half the bail they had then it, it would propel them into a massive top four race he doesn't look like a tenth of like a twentieth of the bail they had he doesn't no, look close. absolutely not you completely correct and do you know what it it sounds me to say because I believed in the hype now he could prove me wrong in the coming games don't get me wrong but I believed in the hype when he joined I thought wow that attack son kane bale that's frightening i didn't think it would be the gareth bale at all that we saw at spurs or in the uh, early years at real madrid nothing like that but i thought that talent will still shine through in the premier league when he's getting a real run of games now to be fair he's not had a real run of games he hasn't really mourinho's not really given him that opportunity and people keep saying you know um, mourinho needs to give him a chance when he does come on, he looks. He doesn't really look interested. Mm. He doesn't really look at it. And I mean, what he he played well against Wickham, who got slapped seven two by Brentford. So I mean, uh, so all of a sudden people are going, "Whoa, well, you got you got to start him against Liverpool," and everyone's going, "Really?" And he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't really do anything. And then yesterday he gets he gets played, and again it's just not working at the moment. And you have to say for. a at the end of the season, will Spurs really go to Real Madrid and go, yeah, we'll take him on a permanent? Why would you? For that amount of money, what has he really contributed? He gets played mainly in the Europa League and the Cup games, and still, there's nothing well-beating about it. So, I mean, for Spurs, that would be a really frustrating one because everyone, and I can imagine Spurs fans, were so excited about Gareth Bale coming back. He just hasn't looked even half the player of what Not he was. Not even close. Um, and... and- I'm surprised I'm not seeing more urgency from him because you've got to think if this fails, which it completely has done so far, what yeah, happens to him after this? Spurs won't get him on a permanent, and then he goes back to Real Madrid where he was never going to get a minute anyway. I I can I can only see sort of a move to maybe China, something so to, like to you know, into Miami or something. In, yeah, so you remember the China move was rumored a couple of seasons yeah. ago, and then they stopped him at the last minute. He was going to earn big money because I. I don't think any Premier League team, not, they won't take him with the wages on. And I don't no. think they would want to take him anyway because, no. you know, he's a big name, but he's not cutting it. What, and I think that's the problem at the moment. Yeah, I think into Miami's a good shout. He could easily go to the MLS and just... Because, I mean, how old is Gareth Bale now? It's a great question. He always, he always feels either 20 or 30 and nothing in between. Is he early 30? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to... I mean, do I look it up? Do we... I think I think he's early thirties. That's what I would guess. I don't know if he is he. 
This, I mean, this is been... the big question for the pod. This is why we need fans, Jack, to just text us in straight away. I mean, he's he's been around for a while. He's thirty-one. Thirty-one. So, I mean, this is the, this is, this is the twilight yeah. of his career. It's it's, it's slowly uh, slowly going to go down from here. It's unless just slowly fading. Yeah. And it's so disappointing. It's so yeah. disappointing for everybody in the Premier League because even though he was at Spurs, and I was thinking, God, I don't want them to be good. At mm. the same time, I did think to myself, Wow, Gareth Bale back in the day, he was such a player when he was here. I remember my brother's a real like armchair. I don't think you can even have an armchair Spurs fan because it's not like a. Is it a big club to support? I don't even know anymore. But um, even though back in the day when I'd be at home and watch Spurs with um, with Jack, just watching Gareth Bale, he was uh, he was different class. And then gets up, moves to Real Madrid, comes back to Spurs, and it has not worked out. Because this this is a man that how many years ago did he score two goals in a Champions League final? Well, it was only like three years including, ago, including wasn't it? like the arguably the best Champions League goal of all time. Was it in the Champions League? I think it's, it's more recent than that. It's way it's dead. It's really? got to be more recent than that because Liverpool. It's, it's, it was on Liverpool's big run. That is. I, I think it's like 2018, 2017, 2018. Well, yeah, because they won it the next year, didn't they? Yeah, they won um, it the next year against yeah, Spurs. Yeah, by in 2020, Liverpool 2019 lost in the final 2018. 2018. Yeah. That's not even three years yeah. ago. He was he, he was highlighted on the biggest stage in the world, and now and look at him now. And that was when he wasn't even really getting a significant run no. in the side. And now he's getting pocketed. It was more he was he was fitting in. Now he's getting pocketed at the Amex by Potter's no, Brighton, yeah. by Dan Burn. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it has not worked out. That is a, a, a one way of saying it, for sure. Well, it's, I think it's the perfect segue, isn't it? We were. The, today is the 1st of uh, February as we're recording this. It's technically transferred. It feels deadline. weird that we're in Feb, Jack. It feels weird. January, January feels like it's gone on for a long old time. It feels like a new year. Yeah, yeah, it actually does. Um, but it's re- January certainly dragged. <laughs> we're in a new, uh, new month, but it's still transfer deadline day today. Um, I mean, we'll get it out of the way early. I think the only bit of... Uh, high-profile news is Liverpool might be actually signing a centre-back in Ben Davis uh, from Preston. You know, I'm, I'm quite a fan of. I, I, I've i always thought he was a Premier League centre-back rather than a, a, a Preston North End centre-back. And for two mil, I think that's a good deal for someone that you only need for six months to, to keep you going. Left-footed, I think that'll help them as well. Um, to stick him on that left side. If he can get to grips with the system quickly, I think that's a nice little uh, plug stop in the, in the back four. Right, that's this season out of the way because there's nothing else going on. Nothing else is happening. Oh, it's so dull. I don't even care about that. I don't even care about that, Ben Davis. Yeah. I I saw it yesterday and genuinely thought, who? How many people do you think saw that and first thought was, that's weird, Ben Davis is a left-back and Tottenham's barely Well, I woke up up this morning and and everybody was just sort of taking the mitt because they were going, transfer deadline day, here we go. Jim White is going to get the yellow tie on to announce that Ainsley Maitland-Niles might (laughs) be going on loan. You know, it, yeah, it's but, yeah. Arsenal news. Pointless. I think Arsenal's uh, prime news is we've got three people probably going on out on loan today. <laughs> yeah. So that, no, I'll, I'll keep up to thing, it's, keep up to date with that. I mean, that's that's the that's the. I mean, this is the thing. It's, it's very January though, isn't it? It's very rare that we see be the big January moves uh, now uh, anymore. With um, I think mm. I, I, I when I think of January moves now, all I can think of is like the whole Carol Suarez Torres debacle, and that was twenty eleven. Yeah. 
Um, yes, because that was the, that's my favourite January transfer window. Okay, that's my favourite. I'm, just I'm struggling me. to think of another one. It 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 makes me so happy thinking about that one because that was the one where I remember being sat in, um, sat in front of the computer at home, and you had that. I was I was like to my mum, "Can I stay up a bit later?" Because it's you know window closes at eleven, and I remember it was the window we signed David Louise. And then the late drama with Fernando Torres mm. and everyone's going, he's getting in, he's got a helicopter to Cobham and all this. And there's so much drama. I absolutely loved it. That is by far my favourite transfer window. And specifically because you had those big moves as well, like Andy Carroll, Luis Suarez. It was crazy. It's so bizarre. Since then, have seen anything of the like? No. In the same window. So they get 50 mil for Torres. And then in the same window, they spend 35 of it on Carroll. And then, oh, we'll lob yeah. another 20 on this young upstart, Louis Suarez. <laughs> it says a lot, doesn't it? This is the thing. It was such a great window. I absolutely loved that one. And then I remember since then, I think my expectations were so high of just like deadline days where I was like, <sighs> I remember I, <laughs> I remember at school. God, this sounds so sad. Can't wait for it. I remember at school on a deadline day, I would, during lunch, I would go up to the IT suite and I would sit in front of the computer for the hour being like, whoa, let me, let's see, has anyone got like, is any rumours, Who, who's being spoken about? And it was just like, and, and then lunch would end and I wouldn't think about it then, but I think about it the next day and think, what a sad <laughs> thing to do, Will. Like, why don't you just go outside rather than see whether, you know, Meza Ozil could be on the move today to Arsenal. Yeah, it, it was... It was God, you, you've made you've made um, the biggest one sound sad. I've 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 stayed in front of a computer. <laughs> I've, I've stayed in front of a computer for much less climactic deals than that. Because <laughs> what I'm going to say is is I mean January and, and the summer. Put it to one side. Let's just talk about the transfer window in general. Uh, winter yeah. or summer, and and our um, favorite experiences. You've mentioned yours that day. You signing Fernando Torres. I remember as, as a neutral. Think, thinking that like, what happens from here I only I can only envision Torres in red is the league going to collapse mm. on itself what's going to happen are Chelsea going to win everything um, and then they were the good old days yeah and so to, for an Arsenal one I think it has to be Meza Ozil that, that day we, that's the only one I could think of for you I mean I, I remember I, I can't remember whether we signed no we signed Sanchez after because and Özil was a lot bigger because we before that our record signing was Andre Arshavin for fifteen million pounds. Yeah, that's a good buy. Um, I I love the man. One of my cult heroes at Arsenal. But we'd never mm. we, like that was the story for Arsenal. We were always in the top four, but we never spent to get any further. And then we just hear on deadline day we think it's another year of nothing, and out of absolutely nowhere. We just start hearing Mesut Ozil's uh, getting on a flight to London. He's he's coming to the Emirates, I'm hearing. And like, what is going on? Mesut Ozil then, an absolute superstar. An absolute world mm. superstar. We never see anything like this at Arsenal. If we had superstars, it was superstars that we've made over the last 10 years that we've had to make. It, we, yeah. We'd never signed a, a ready-made, bona fide superstar until then. And that was just like, the excitement... I was I was on the uh, website ready to buy the shirt there and then <laughs> Ozil on the back. Really? Did you? Yeah. 
Uh, as soon as oh. I, as soon as I saw it uh, confirmed, it, the order was placed. It was done. Goodness me! Um, it was so so massive. And and I mean, what about Aubameyang? Aubameyang was big, but we we'd already had the feeling by then. We'd we'd signed in the previous windows Lacazette, Sanchez in the one before. It was start. We were starting to get there then. Aubameyang okay. was big because um, of the form he was in. I mm. I mean, we didn't expect the form he would carry into us and and and. Uh, propel us into Europa League because these these last couple of years we were mid-table teams with Aubameyang propelling us into the Europa League um, yeah so like he's arguably been our best signing maybe um, in, in this era I, I think best signings I mean the be- I, when I think of best players in this era my mind immediately goes to Santi Cazorla yeah, and I mean, he was just so unfortunate with injuries. That was that was a shame because he, on his day, mm. he was actually a proper player. I remember he would come up against Chelsea at times. And I think, oh, just get off the pitch. It was really pissing me off because like we can't do anything. Like he was just he he was he was a magician. And I mean, but he he's showing it now over in he was showing over in Spain. Yeah, I mean, he's, know, yeah, still he is, was at, he's like mid thirties now, coming off of a near career ending injury, and he's still near the yeah. top of the assist charts in a in a. Europa League, Champions League threatening team. It's it's absolutely incredible the level he's on. So he might be the best like pound for pound signing. But for moments mm-hmm. I, I have to go for Meslet for, for us for that, that signing. And either, and no matter how badly it's ended with Ozil, those first two, three seasons he had for us, even maybe even four if you stretch it, were still some some of the best performances I've seen in Arsenal shirt. That year that Giroud robbed him of the assist record, he had like eighteen, yeah. nine. He had like fifteen by Christmas <laughs> and finished on nineteen because Giroud went on a twelve-game uh, goal drought. I mean, but for, in terms of just you know a couple of my favourite signings, yeah. For me, one of the first ones that I can think of is Diego Costa. Yeah. In recent years, Diego Costa. That was you know, no nobody really knew that a huge amount they didn't know whether he would properly cut it but having just that sort of striker to replace what that void that Didier Drogba had it was insane mm. the link up that he had with Farragas and he, you could tell that every game he went into he really went all in 110% there was no holding back and he was one of those players that if he doesn't if he doesn't play for your club he's hated Everybody hated him, but Chelsea fans. And then another one, which is really rogue, was Andre Schurler. For some reason, okay. I had this obsession with Andre Schurler. I bought a Schurler shirt nice. when he joined the club. Now I remember putting it on my Instagram like I just run the raffle, and he he liked the wow. photo, and it was like, whoa! It was like, oh my god! So few Andre people, Schurler. so few people bought his shirt that he was liking everyone. That did. It, yeah, it was probably he was probably searching his name, going, hey, anyone bought one? Will Varney? Yeah, yeah. But um, so no, for some reason, yeah, I, I really liked Andre Schurler. I was I was a real sort of fan of his. Uh, and then um, when he left, that was a sad day for me to bid farewell. But I still have the shirt, still have the Fair memories point. from that. Uh, and just to to round off on the on the transfer talk, we have to do. It. I feel I feel yeah. like both of us have decent experience of it. Biggest flops, flops transfers. It, is this for our club? Our club. I think we'll go with our club. Maybe if we're still here, if we're still here, if we're still here by the summer, we can do like a big every club uh, dossier of it, transfers. This, this won't this won't be hard for is me. Is it? I, I'm, Chelsea I'm, flops. I'm, is it by any chance a uh, little Spanish keeper? 
Yes, he's yeah. definitely there. Kepa, you can't be spending seventy two million on a keeper um, and be and and be as poor as he has been. Um, don't get me wrong, there was a season where he actually made some good saves, and you go, whoa, this guy, he can cut it, he can do it. But since then, he's just fallen off the wagon massively. I mean, so every time he's in the squad now, anytime he's in the starting eleven, I worry. I'm immediately worried. It scares me. I mean, even most recent game against Luton makes a mistake. Games before makes a mistake. It's almost like he loves to make a mistake. So for me, he has to be on there. Not even just for the price tag, but just not even doing his job really. And it's sad to see another one for me though. Um, Danny Drinkwater, hundred oh. percent. I don't know who has thought. You know what we should do? We should drop forty million pounds on Danny Drinkwater to reunite him with Ngolo Kante. It's never going to work. We dropped 40 mil. The mindset and of that he's now is over, so He's now awful. over in Turkey trying to reignite his career. It's such nonsense thinking behind <laughs> it. Is. Of, well, okay. Wait, it was a panic buy. It was deadline okay, day. Le- it was Leicester, a panic buy. Le- okay, Leicester win the league. We'll sign their best player from that season, N'Golo Conte. Okay. Yeah. He comes in. He helps us win the title. He was clearly the key to that midfield. Yes. But what if we get the other one just in case? What if we get the other one? We'll get the other one help. that no one no. talks about that uh, for for more. But Wasn't he th- was like the same price or more than than Kante? Don't get me wrong, he was Danny Drinkwater and Golo Kante were brilliant in that season that Leicester won the league. But like you've just said it there, that was a panic buy on deadline day, and they went, oh, we sh- we could get Danny Drinkwater, and, they, and Leicester went forty mil, and we went ah nah probably not. No, seriously, what what shall we get for Danny Drinkwater? And they're going 40 mil. <laughs> and they've gone, oh, you, you've got us. You got Go us. on then. I've tried Don't to haggle. do it. He scored, he scored a really good goal against Stoke, I remember. I think it was in the FA Cup. So a really good goal against Stoke. And all I've seen since him posting on Instagram is just that one goal because he never played again. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember he went to he went to Villa on loan. Yeah. Oh, and he was awful and there. Think, he was awful he, there. He was awful there. One, one of my... Um, one of my friends, Tom, has said he is the one of the worst players I've seen in a Villa shirt in recent years, by far, because every time he had the ball at his feet, it was immediately lost. And for me, I think he got, I think he got binned off Villa because he headbutted uh, one of their players. So then he was out the door then, and then he's now over in Turkey trying to resurrect his career. It's sad to see for such, but again, again, it's just silly money being thrown at players who aren't cutting it. I, th- I think I um, tweeted. During that Luton game, I said, I think £72 million, I think Kepa might be the pound-for-pound biggest flop in terms of money spent uh, alongside performances. I think it has to be. Because last season especially was so, so bad as well. But um, but now you've thrown drink water in the mix. (laughs) And it's for money, money, because at least Kepa played. He played two seasons. Yeah. 35 mil. And Um, I can hardly recall. I swear he played a game. I can hardly recall Drinkwater wearing a Chelsea shirt once. Apart, I mean, if I he, he if he scored that in the one cup, game, that was it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that could be a high ringer. Luckily, as an Arsenal fan, um, because we've only recently started spending big, we don't have many flops. I think the biggest flop we can probably confess to is probably Nicolas Pepe. Um, I and here's the thing: I don't yeah. think Nicolas Pepe yeah. is an awful player. He's just not a seventy-two million pound player. No, he's not. The, no, I, he's and not. The, every week, I, I realise that he's scoring thirty goals in that league end season because the league end defences are playing on the halfway line. 
it was big money for yeah he's not it's a huge money it's record signing and now i've realized just having that figure 72 in the brain him kepper havertz is about the same money that that ha- fee is but, cursed that fee is cursed that fee is cursed havertz needs time but he yeah, could but easily I'm, join that yeah, bracket. That's, I'll, I'm happy could with easily. that. I mean, I was so big on Havertz and, and so annoyed that you signed him. I think we've already mentioned it last week. But mm. um, yeah, I think we'll give, I'll give him a season. But if by next summer... Seven, but like, you're if, right, if by next summer, mil. I mean, as, if it's on current projection, he's he's been worse than Pepe. Yeah. No, no, no. I'd back that 100%. 100%. It's been, it's been sad to watch so far. But like we said, time. Time is of the essence. And, and um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I could list off, I could list off a whole load of cheap signings we've done over the last decade that didn't work out. People, yeah. uh, Andre Santos, Javinho, uh, uh, Skilacci, just to name a few. Ooh, Sebastian Skilacci. Yeah. But that, yeah, that, I mean, that is a blast from the past. We've, yeah, I mean, Matt, uh, my own uh, Donny Marwan Shamak himself as well. Uh, Shamak. Shamak. My guy Shamak. Uh, yeah, n- <laughs> none of them really working out. So it's a good thing we have started spending because we've got a decent hit rate mm. at the minute. I will say, I think Partey had a bad game against United. I will say that, but it's probably the first bad game I've seen from him. Yeah, I've been really impressed yeah. from him. Um, Gabriel, I quite like him. Needs a bit of time, I think. He's a hit or miss whether he makes the team at the minute, but which is weird because he won three Player of the Months for us at the start of the season. Um, Aubameyang, I mean, bad season, but you can't discredit the two seasons he's had before. People like Alexis Sanchez yeah. in, in the season before that. Lacazette finally coming into form now. He's he's been so nearly there, but not quite hitting the numbers. So yeah, I think our hit rate's okay. Um, a positive Arsenal fan. Wow, we're getting there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait till next week. We'll see how the we'll see how the we'll see wait how the till, weekend's wait games till go. Won't this we? time next year when we've signed another eighty million player. This that's not performing. Yeah, the twenty twenty two edition of yeah. who was the flop. Uh, yeah. uh, to round us out, I think we have to to do the the fantastic hit rate. Speaking of hit rate, our predictions <laughs> an awful. We're off to a flyer. We've been so weeks. good. After so two weeks, a maximum of five points per game. We've done six game, thirty points up for okay. grabs. Current score, okay, two two. <laughs> oh, oh God, <laughs> jeez! Two, this two. is a football based podcast. Oh, Should we just stop talking? I mean, it's. I mean, the unpredictability of the Premier League, eh? Wow, what a league! Well, actually, I have a bone to pick because last week you agreed mm. that one of the games would be Newcastle Leeds yeah. for the predictions. You swapped camera, it this last camera, minute yeah. off the cam off camera behind the scenes yeah. of pick that one out podcast. You swapped it, and I had in that game, I had two nil Leeds, Harrison to score. And you did me out of that. There would be points on the board. I would be up and running. I I mean, you've got to adapt. You've got to adapt to the game. Uh, and the issue with that is Newcastle leads, right? Newcastle leads Man United Arsenal. I see Man United Arsenal on the fixture list. And I'm thinking, I can't have Newcastle leads be on our top billing over this. It's, well, it's, it's not I on. feel like... I feel like people are going to be what people are going to be looking at start going to look out for predictions now because they've seen how bad we've been. So mm. I think this could be a big week for this you is, and I. This to is the turnaround. This is the turnaround. We need to prove. We, we just I said all good Will. things come in threes. Episode three. Will we just need to be given time? <laughs> okay, we need time. We just need, we time. need time. Here we go. By the end of the season, we're doing some big numbers. Okay, let's start off. This is this a big is and this is uh, we've got a big triple header here. Uh, I believe Thursday night, Tottenham 
Chelsea. Yeah. Tottenham Chelsea. Big big game. I'm going to start this indeed. week because I've, I've keep I keep letting you start and you keep nicking what I'm going to say. Uh, so I've got. A, I've, oh yeah, because it's a worked out so well for both. I've of got us a butt in first. Um, you were talking yeah. earlier. You think it's going to be a really good game. I disagree. I think it's going to be a bad game. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I said it's going to be a good game. I'm, that could be putting words in my mouth. I might have to get an entertaining game. I might have to get the edit out on that. I think you might have said that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not seeing a high scorer. Mourinho will be uh, terrified of his recent form. Tuchel uh, is happy to pass the ball about against a, a team that will sit back. I'm going safe, low scoring, 1-0 uh, to Tuchel's Chelsea. I do think he nicks it in the end due to Spurs' form. Goal scorer, uh, ooh, I'm going to go big money Mace, Mason Mount. I think it could be like a long okay. shot or something, like after after okay. trying to break him down, not working, falls Is that like for added points? You're now, you're what, now the, to, to describe, describe the, the goal? goal. <laughs> describe the goal for double points. I mean, if you'll accept it, who knows? Uh, but no, I'll, I'll go uh, big um, money Mace, uh, 1-0 Chelsea. What are you saying? I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. Ooh, uh, I'm going to back us. I'm going to back us. Why not? Uh, I think we've looked solid at the back so far. Um, I think attacking-wise, we look good against Burnley. I know it's a whole different outfit against Spurs. But no, I just I think that new manager bounce coming in, hopefully we have it. Uh, I'm going to go... To, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 Charles. I'm going to go Christian Pulisic to score. I think he's going okay. to... Uh, he's looked re- he looked a bit sharper these last couple of games as well. On the ball, creating chances to obviously set up that Alonso goal as well against Burnley. Yeah, I'm going to go big Chris. Okay. So I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. Uh, well, you're, uh, you're up first for this one. Uh, one I'm not looking forward to. I think this could be poor. Uh, Villa-Arsenal. Um, it's a big game. Villa spanking mm. the Arsenal at the Emirates 3-0 earlier in it's the season. It's an early kickoff, which always mm. does throw up some drama. Never back it. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Okay. And I'm going to Villa have been have looked in really good form. They've looked in really good nick, not in the most not in just in recent games, in just grinding out results. Uh even when they may not have been playing as well, but just getting those results on the board, especially like uh against Southampton when Southampton were really unlucky. Yeah. Um but Villa looked really good this season. I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Because they always like to spring up a surprise as well. I'm going to go Ollie Watkins to score. He's looked a great sign. Yeah, looks year. good. A lot of question marks about him. Championship striker come in, has looked right at home. 2-1. Okay, I am I think there's goals in this. I do think there's goals in this. Whether it's for both teams or one team, I'm not sure. I see goals in this. Um, two of the... I, 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 like I say, I, I keep an eye on the XG data. Uh, in yep. terms of the form, these are two of the uh, top scoring XG teams in the last five games nice um, start to throw in yeah. that gives us some credibility uh, Villa have been in that top five all season always threatening mm. but the XG gods are starting to go against them in terms of like the Ooh, I mean they conceded like they two XG against Southampton they really shouldn't have won that game um, and and yeah there's a, there's been other points where they're not the defence doesn't look quite as solid as it was um, okay but the attack still does I'm going 2-2 Desmond, okay. Uh, okay. A goal scorer. A goal scorer. Where are you going? I can I be? I can't be sure that Saka's fit. Um, I'm going to go Ross Barkley. I, he loves it against us. I feel like once again another London, yeah. another long ranger. <laughs> I think Ross. he'll do. A... Yeah, describe the goal. <laughs> describe the goal. New feature on that one. And uh, and finally, um, in terms of table and what it means for the the title. Probably the biggest game mm. of the season so far. Manchester City versus Liverpool. 
uh, and yeah. it's a massively build game. So you don't. Do you know what that means, it Will? Is. I'm going nil nil. Yep, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's fair enough. I'm going for another yeah. disappointing big game. I think both teams will be scared to lose. I think they'll both threaten. City, especially without De Bruyne, might think we're in good form. We're top of the table. If we hold, mm. if we don't, if we don't lose this, it's a win for us. So I'm going to say nil nil. I'm going to go one all. I was going to go for a draw. I'm going to go one all. I think there will be a couple of goals in there. Um, and in terms of a goal scorer at the minute, I can't really look past Mo Salah. Fair. Um, and how he's looking coming up against defences. So I'm going to go one all. I'm going to join you on the draw, but I'm going to go Mo to score. Okay, and that's it. And I can't wait to see how uh, the point, those big old points come in. Uh, we next need week. points. We, we need points to light up this predictions table. Oh, we need it big time. I mean, we, we might have to start adding in third parties, but I mean, it's not going to take much for yeah, the cat yeah. to catch up. <laughs> just get people to join the predictions. Just anybody. I mean, uh, it's not going to take long for them to catch up. They could easily just join yeah. in whenever. <laughs> no, yeah. That's actually quite embarrassing to hear, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, well, uh, before we come to a close, uh, since we are a new podcast, I'd like to remind everyone to check out the rest of our platforms. We're making it big on YouTube now. Two episodes, they both made it onto YouTube and pick that one out, Brilliant. Football Podcast. If you're watching there, please make sure to give us a like, give us a subscribe to always make sure uh, you are seeing when the new episode is out. Uh, we're on Twitter, at PTTOPod. Two highlights have uh, gone up there. Uh, in it for, for they the are highlights. And they, are. they are highlights. What were the highlights? Uh, Big Sam uh, sausage sarni and uh, the hot chocolate. So hot chocolate meltdown. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> real, real football yeah. base. It's high octane sports news. I'm living the gimmick clearly. as well. There's still nothing on the TikTok at pick that one out. But like I say, we're building. We're highlights. under pre- we're, we're under pressure. Oh, I'm there, getting people to say we need. Oh, no. There's pressure. We've people got, are saying, why should I follow the TikTok oh, no. if there's nothing on okay, it? Jack. To be we fair, there's stuff. three episodes now. I'm saying I don't want to put my neck on the line. I'm saying there's a decent chance something's on there this week. Get following Ooh, to see it. Okay. Get okay. following at pick that one out okay. on TikTok. I might have to make an account for episode highlights. Uh, that's full time on episode three. Then will we're gonna have to rank this fruit salad for breakfast club? It seems underwhelming, but he can't lose to a one out of ten hot chocolate. Surely. No, no, no. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four out of ten oh, on this it's one. It's still Jack. poor. And though. the reason why is I felt uncomfortable eating it in front of a microphone. Oh, that's true. Um, I mean, what I, I will I, say, I'm glad you brought that up. Last week, in the edit, I noticed you slamming the hot chocolate next to the mic <laughs> a lot. It must have been very angry for me. <laughs> this fruit salad, I've wanted to sort of touch it, but at the same time, I did eat a piece of watermelon as we were recording, and I just thought, like, this is just this is not working no. for me. I was tentatively Easy with drink. eating it. So, no, I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of kiwi to tuck into as well. Yeah. So no, I'm going to go four out of ten. It hasn't set the world alight, but it did. Table topper though. Table chocolate, topper sure. at the minute. Yeah, stick it up there. Yeah, we're going to do a ranking. Keep it up there. Can't wait for it. Okay, well, uh, it's a uh, goodbye from both of us. Then thank you very much, Will, for joining us. We'll see you for episode four next week. Goodbye. Yeah, perfect. Yeah.